Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Welcome everyone to the Deep Drinks Podcast, where the guest chooses their favorite drink and then we drink it together as we discuss deep topics. Tonight, I have the amazing... The awesome, the beautiful, the sexy, the goddess, Amy McDonald, my wife. Oh, wow. One <laughs> <laughs> intro. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been much requested um, and people people have been interested to hear your side of the story and of, of, our, of our lives, I guess. And today we're going to be discussing uh, a little bit about um, growing up religious. We both kind of grew up religious and also where we kind of are now, how we want to raise our kids and um, a little bit about like uh, getting into like the faith and the nitty gritty. And we have a very special drink tonight, don't we? Yeah, uh, we do. What do we have? Uh, we have a bottle of mom. Mom. All right. <laughs> well, let's get into it. I popped the, the cork already, um, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll... Do you want to pour? Yeah, I'll pour. Yeah, sweet. Um, <laughs> I just went out and got it then and uh, we're pretty excited. It's currently 3.06 p.m. on a, on a Monday, <laughs> public holiday, and we're drinking. This is what we do. Uh, this is not what we do. This is what we do every Monday. It's a tradition of ours. So, um, just as we're pouring that, I uh, I wanted to kind of uh, just mention a few things. A lot of people uh, would know that I used to be a youth pastor. Um, I used to be a youth pastor in a Pentecostal <laughs> youth ministry. Uh, I wasn't ordained, but I was in the role of youth pastor. I went through ministry college. Um, however, I no longer believe I'm no longer a Christian. And a lot of people ask, what does Amy think? And that's what we're going to be getting into today. Um, and uh, also... Uh, if you want to learn more about our um, deconversion um, experience, um, more tailored to me, um, I did a little interview that you can link link up here. Um, it's linked. It's uh, it's called Why I'm Not a Christian. I did an interview with um, Will William from Will um, from Inspire Reflection. And I've uh, if you want to know my specific beliefs on like atheism and Christianity, I did a little two minute video called um, An Atheist and a Christian Have Coffee, which was inspired by a lot of the ideas uh, that I've kind of um, grown to think about over the years. So, um, but today we're going to primarily focus on Amy's story with a little bit of our story um, intertwined because we are married. <laughs> yeah, we are married. And uh, so, yeah, thank you, Amy, for appearing on the podcast, my beautiful wife. And cheers. Let's have a little sip of this. Mm. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I held the glass wrong. Um, but first, before we get into um, the interview, we're gonna, first we're going to talk about growing up religious, but I wanted to actually read something. So, I wrote this letter to some of our friends and family that I never actually posted. I wrote this in uh, 2019 um, and it kind of kind of sets the tone for um, why we the, – the, the letter is called Why We No Longer Attend Church and this is part one marriage. So I just want to read out a little paragraph from it um, to kind of set the tone and then we can kind of go from there. Um, so part one marriage. I don't know many Christians who kept themselves for, from each other until marriage. We did. <laughs> Why? Uh, because we believed and trusted that we were doing the right thing in the eyes of God. As someone who has had a bit of a muddy past when compared to my sparkling wife, I have always felt like it was important to choose the righteous path, to honor God, to prove to myself that I'm um, that I'm, I was a good man, and to show Amy's loved ones that I can do more than just take care of her. 
um, provide for her and love her that I can, or Amy, um, but that I can help her flourish. I can encourage her through her fears and insecurities and that I can always try and do the right thing. When Amy and I first started dating, I went to therapy where my psychologist pointed out that my anxiety stems from the fear of hurting Amy, that each endpoint of my fears resulted in Amy being hurt. It was at this time that virtues like honesty, humility, admitting where I'd been wrong, life balance, truth, which is a huge one, and good stewardship of finances became very important to me. When I first got married, Amy was um, working at Subway. Uh, and after our honeymoon, we both went straight back to work. And the only day that we had off together was Sunday. Almost each Sunday, one of us would suggest that we, um, well, we should go to church and the other one would convince us otherwise. Sleeping in together as a newly married couple was a very special time in both of our lives. This pattern stuck with us for a couple of months until people started mentioning to us that they had been talking um, to each other and thought it was, and, I, and this is a real word they use, ridiculous that we did not attend church anymore. This awkward feel, uh, the awkward feeling of having people think that we had slipped away from God was not only embarrassing, but made the entire prospect of coming to church feel awkward. Amy and I would pray together before bed sometimes. I would encourage Amy to pray for me out loud, which she didn't like to do and found it very confronting. Uh, and, uh, and I spent time reading books about new marriage within a Christian worldview. For people to assume that um, something was up was a little uncomfortable, but um, realistically understandable from a perspective. In church culture, when people stop attending church, it's usually a sign that something bad has happened. And in saying that, um, let's go. <laughs> can we put this in the fridge? We can put this in the fridge. So, babe, um, <laughs> explain to the viewers what type of Christianity you were brought up in. Oh. Um, well, it was, it was Catholic first. Mm -hmm. I was brought up Catholic and I was baptized as a Catholic when I was a baby. Um, and then it wasn't until... That was in New South Wales and it wasn't until like nine years later when we moved up to Queensland that we, well, I think, that we changed churches and um, went more down the Christian route, I guess. Mm. What was your question again? <laughs> no, no that, that's good. So what, so you grew, so you started off Catholic. When was it about the age that you started getting involved in Christianity and was it like Pentecostal Christianity, like speak, you know, praise and worship, Hillsong, speaking oh, in tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you moved moved towards that. How old were you when about that happened? I think nine. Okay. The, I I think it happened when we moved. Yeah. States. And it's interesting, just for the viewers' sake. I don't know a lot of this. I'm I'm kind of learning as we go as well. So I'm not faking any of this. I know bits and pieces, but I just haven't heard the whole full story. Um, and, uh, I remember you, you explaining that you, your, the type of, like of religious beliefs you were brought up with were like, you were taught, I guess, that there was like demonic influence in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you weren't allowed to read Harry Potter. I think it was, mm -mm. that was a no, no. Um, what no, else? we got given, we got given Harry Potter books for Christmas from, um, some close relatives and, um, mum and dad opened them before Christmas Day to double check what they were. <laughs> Saw that they were Harry Potter books. Oh. And so um, I don't know if they returned them to Target, but um, got the money back and we picked our own Christmas presents from them instead. Was there anything else like, because obviously everyone has these stories of like what they can and can't do as children and you look back 
Um, and it's like funny now. Is there anything else that's like funny that you think like you weren't allowed to do that you saw your other friends doing or even in church? Something funny. Or like something like you thought that it was weird that you guys couldn't do, but everyone else in like the rest of the world was seeming to do. So Harry Potter would be one. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we weren't allowed to watch Simpsons either. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't particularly because it was evil. It was more because my parents thought that my younger brother, <laughs> seeing how Bart <laughs> behaved, would influence him and then he'd become a terrible person. Yeah. So we more of a that. naughty boy than he already is. <laughs> <laughs> he already was. <laughs> He's a naughty boy. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> um, do you remember do you remember when we first met? Um no. Really? Not not like cuz we were we were like acquaintances for years and years. Yeah. So I don't I don't remember. I remember the very first time we met. I remember we were at um youth group one of the first nights and I was sitting there I think it was the first night I ever came the night I got saved. Um well sa- well the night I had my spiritual experience. I had been a Christian before that, I guess. I I don't I don't know. But that the night I had that tremendous experience mm-hmm. and um and you were sitting down with, I was sitting next to Jed. We're having a Coke in Connections and you were there. there. <laughs> and I recognized you and Jed was your ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I rec- Well, your boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And I recognized you from the photos that he bring to school. Um, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's your girlfriend. And I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? And that was the first time I think we met. Um, and then there's this. The, yeah, I don't remember that. Do you remember when we went on our fake date? Fake date? <laughs> This is the one that designer desserts. Yeah. Yes, I do. What do we do there? Designer desserts had the most amazing meat pies. <laughs> and so we went there and we were pretty much bitching about the <laughs> other person's love interest at the time. Yeah. You, you were complaining about some guy that you're into. I was complaining mm-hmm. about some girl I was into. Yeah. Oh, is that you don't, you're not going to finish the story? Oh, and then um, and then you made some joke towards the end saying that if it doesn't work out with either of these people that we should mm. get together. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ha, ha, how funny. Yeah, I was just like, I'll tell you what, yeah, if this doesn't work out, we're going to have to start dating. <laughs> um, so, uh, d- so just to skip forward a little bit, so you were in the worship band at church. You got involved in the youth ministry. Um, mm-hmm. you, you were singing for carols um, mm-hmm. on stage at Noosa River in front of a few thousand people, I guess, mm-hmm. like every year. Um, and now we don't attend church. Uh, and actually, we should actually sk- skip back a little bit. Do you have any crazy stories about, because we went to a Pentecostal church, right? So there was speaking in tongues. There was people thinking gold dust appeared in their hands. There was miracles. There was... Um, um, there was uh, a demon possession. Do you remember? Do you have any like crazy stories about um, anything from that? Um, I was at a youth camp, I don't, I can't remember how old I was, it was like young teens, and um, it was, it was like a big, crazy, um, like worship night and everyone was like falling on the floor and um was this like the youth cramp that like shortly like 2006 ish like uh, shortly after oh i'm so bad with years oh okay i think it was like it was like it was like the big it was the one with the cross in the 
Oh, in the photo. Yeah. Uh, I think it was that one. Maybe? Yeah. It might have been. Um, and, yeah, it was a big crazy worship night and my I started feeling really nauseous. Mm. And so I turned to my um, best friend at the time and said, I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I don't feel well. Um, and she, I remember this. she <laughs> followed me, followed me in. And then um, I remember standing at the, um, like the basin in front of the mirror thinking I was going to throw up. And my best friend was convinced that I had a demon inside me. And so I started <laughs> praying over me and trying to get me to like, speaking tongues and everything because I'd never spoken in tongues before mm. um, and I never did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that was that was a bit of a weird experience. I remember just thinking that I'd like, I don't think I have a demon. I just feel really nauseous right now. Like I need yeah. to sit down. Um, so did that, did that cause you any concern at all? Like when someone tells you they think you have a demon? Like does that stay with you or did you just go like, no, you're wrong and kind of move on? Um, it did kind of stay with me for a little bit that I like had something inside me and then also like, what would my parents think if that was true? Mm. Um, had I been a bad, had I been a bad girl? Mm. (laughs) Um, yeah, so it was quite, it was quite uncomfortable, but I kind of got over that as time went on. Yeah, it, you, I, I always say this to people, and I said this in the interview that I referenced at the start, that you have this profound ability not to care so much about, like, for me, I will, it's it's a little insulting what I'm about to say, but it's also uh, oh, uh, something something that I, I think is good, so there's good <laughs> and bad. So, like, I would say my problem is I, I overthink things. So, I, I have a lot of things thought out. There's some good to that, but then I also worry about things or I'm, I'm, I sometimes I overanalyze. Um, I, I think, do that too, though. Yeah, I know. You, you definitely do that too. I'm not saying you don't. But what I'd notice you do do is um, like if I if your belief system changed like hugely, like if you started believing in aliens or something or you started, um, you know, or you thought that or you, you just you thought that you were somehow Swedish or something like that, like some some like profound shift in your identity, you can't like you just kind of go like. Okay, let's get let's get a cheese board and like and you, you don't care like it just rock like a cheese board. yeah <laughs> it just like it doesn't affect your like I don't know like a lot of people because a lot of people ask me like how is my perspective shifting so much affected you and and like I don't even know where you kind of stand on a lot of things because you just kind of go with the flow like you haven't changed as a person throughout any of this experience. Well, I think I kind of had to. I don't know, learn how to deal with stuff like that, like with big changes and stuff because of my upbringing mm. with my mum. My mum had health complications from very early on in my childhood when I was like seven and they're permanent and I had to I had to step up and take control and pretty much me and my other sister raised our other two siblings and... Yeah, so I don't know. Anytime something big, ha- big happened, I, I don't know, I kind of just had to move on, get on, mm. get on with life. Yeah, I definitely have noticed that about you, and and like I think having that experience growing up has definitely shaped you a lot. Like I noticed that a, a huge core value f- for you is wanting to have, um, wanting to raise um, our children to have like 
the like the best childhood the best, ever. Yeah, yeah. You want yeah. you yeah, and that's um and that's a big part of a big part of my um what I want to pass on to my children is I I want like I, I'm pushing back a lot against things that that I felt. Like I'm, I'm terrified that our marriage is going to fall apart, or that we're going to, to get divorced, or something's going to happen. I am petrified of that because, obviously, growing up in my family, I come from a family of you know divorced parents, which most people do, um, and uh, and I just saw how much that hurt my mom and hurt my dad, and like hurt you know hurt everything. I don't want my kids to go through that. Um, mm. I, I want to try and be as what's the word. Um, uh, it's honest with you as possible and you as honest with me as possible and, and we communicate a lot about like what we're um going through and um we, yeah. tell, we tell each other everything yeah um which is which is kind of cool um but um kind of cool i think it's cool it's very cool it's very cool um so i guess like um th- there's a lot we could, we could talk a lot about like about your experience in church um, and I guess we'll kind of go back and forth, but we'll kind of keep this free flowing and we'll kind of move, I guess, forward to moment in our lives where we stopped attending church. And I, I am genuinely interested in your perspective, your viewpoint without me putting in too much input on like how that happened. Like I, I mentioned at the start how we stopped attending church because we wanted to like cuddle in bed on a Sunday morning and wake up mm-hmm. and watch Gordon Ramsay for mm. four hours yeah. <laughs> and I'll cook, I'm going to make you some eggs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to know more about like, uh, like for me, when I started, when I started really trying to evaluate my beliefs because I wanted to be a good father, a husband, a good um, dad, um, when, when we get children and stuff. So I wanted to know what were you viewing that? How were you viewing that? Because I, I remember I came to you and I, I keep talking, I keep telling, tell me about it. And then I stop talking about. <laughs> I, me- I remember, um, <laughs> I remember that I came to you and I said, "Hey, I'm looking, I'm, I'm investigating my internal beliefs, like in regards to everything, like everything, not just like Christianity. In fact, but but I knew Christianity was true at the time and everything. But I was like, I'm going to really look into the Bible. I'm going to really look into all these things, um, into science, into creation versus evolution. I'm going to look at the evidence and I'm going to be as objective as possible. And I said, I don't want you to come with me on, well, I did say I want you to come with me on this journey, but I said, I don't want you to like question your faith or anything like that. But I said, would you be open to just having a conversation with me? Um, or like at least listening to the things I hear and being a soundboard. And you said, yeah, I'd love to hear about it and then you booked us tickets to go see um it was a faith and science like can faith and science mix a talk at the 2016 brisbane science festival mm. uh, and that for me was a pinnacle moment of like in our relationship and also in our journey but i'd love to hear your perspective um yeah well i i i love doing um experiences and stuff and so when I saw like an ad come up on my Facebook for um that event I was like oh Dave might be really interested in it and then I was like well it might be something that I could do to show that I'm supporting him in what he's doing um and so yeah I booked it and I was excited and we're gonna meet up with friends down there at the same time and um yeah I thought it would be really really interesting like mm. for me to hear as well mm. so that I could kind of, I don't know, understand a bit more what you were looking into exactly. Mm. That sounds a bit weird. But I never had any 
never had any issues or anything with you doing that, mm. like going down a different path and rediscovering who you were and what you believed and what was true and stuff. I never had an issue with that at mm. all. No. I found it really brave, actually, because that's a really scary thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, babe. That's very nice. I actually, um, I remember... I remember feeling so conflicted because I had this drive in me to to look at um, the evidence and go where it leads because I thought that's the best way to arrive at a true conclusion of, of the universe or the, the world or my beliefs or whatever. There's a, you know there's forty five thousand um, denominations of Christianity. How do we know we're in the correct one? I wanted to mm. get to the bottom of it all, and it was exciting but scary. And I remember we walked out of there after uh, we met up with AC Grayling, um, the philosopher, and he signed for us. Uh, book for us and wrote his email in and I remember leaving there and then you said to me the words I think what you're doing is good mm-hmm. and that just hit me like a ton of bricks it was like it, it, it's like you kind of realized the gravity of like of why it was so important to me and then you sort of all of a sudden got on the same page in regards to like okay well this is this is interesting maybe we should look into this or whatever yeah but all, but also because like people some people get brought up in their families in an already pre-decided religion, I guess. Um, so for you to kind of go outside of that, I think it was, mm. I don't know, it was, it, was, it was just really nice to see that just because your family believes one thing doesn't mean that you necessarily have to mm. believe the same. And at that time too, um, we were still Christian. Like we didn't, we still believe what. Yeah. And we were just investigating. We were just trying to get to the bottom of all the ideas. And from my perspective, it was more so we could work, so we could understand the other side, so we could explain why Christianity was right. But it just so happened, for me, <laughs> just so happened for me that um, that I, I quickly discovered that um, there were a lot of holes, and I had to be intellectually honest with myself about that, about the holes in in that. But the thing is, and this is what I keep saying is. You don't seem to care. Like, I'll point out a hole and you'll go like, okay. And then like. Well, like, I find it interesting, <laughs> but it doesn't like. And I'm like, but your whole world like is built on this. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, I find it amazing. Like, how can you do that? Like, um, it's. Well, I don't know. Impressive. Maybe because I was. I, I always used to be scared that I would um, be like. What's what's that? Um, I'm really bad at reciting verses, but what's that verse where it talks about being like a lukewarm Christian? Oh uh, yeah, and um, stuff. And you'd be vomited out of the mouth of God. Yeah, I was. Revelation I was, something. I think. Yeah, I was scared that I was going to be that person because I was never. I don't know. I was never like that extreme mm. to be like really hot and on fire for God. Yeah. Um. You so you, you never actually had a like a, a born-again experience, did you? You kind of just grew up in the church yeah. all the way through. And, well, well, I'll ask you, I'll ask you now just to, to, to kind of go there. Are you, would you consider yourself a Christian now? No. We're, so would you consider like, well, we won't go into like a specific God, an overall God belief, but if you don't consider yourself a Christian, you, didn't, you also didn't have a deconversion, like a aha moment in your deconversion either, did you? Deconstruction. Yeah. No. And that's- it just kind of eventuated. It <laughs> yeah, just kind of happened. Yeah. That's very that's very interesting to me. Like what 
I feel like that's not very interesting. I feel like so many people have these like amazing, incredible stories about there was like this one pinnacle time yeah. where everything like clipped or whatever, but I just, I don't. Yeah, but this this is what I I, I just I need to get across to people how weird like this is like (laughs) Amy in a nutshell. And but it's what I love about you. I always say you're like this rock, and sometimes like I'm like a balloon that's attached to the rock that's flying over the hills (laughs) and looking at the horizon. And you you keep me grounded. Otherwise, I'd be off in the clouds. Like I'd be talking nonsense. I'd be just insane. And you're always like holding me down, making sure I don't go crazy, which is cool. Like you just you're just a rock. Well, I suppose that's a good thing. Yeah, but I felt I felt like I was a very bad. Well, not very bad, but I wasn't a great Christian. Yeah. Like um, people would, I don't know, like memorize verses in the Bible and stuff. Like you're you're really good at it. You can like spit out verses and stuff. You ask me what a verse is and I'm like, I don't know. Mm. Like I, I never, I never really like did the homework. Yeah. I was just kind of there for the experience. Yeah. Do you, do you remember, um, like, do you remember having like profound spiritual experiences at church? Uh, yeah. I say spiritual. I don't, I don't personally believe in the spirit realm anymore. So when I say spiritual, I'm kind of just talking like what we used to the time. I remember being like very overwhelmed with emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Again, at worship, at worship nights, because I never, I never really liked like the whole Bible study situation or whatever. I'm much more connected to music and praise and worship mm. and stuff. That was that was how I connected with yeah. God. Um, and so yeah, I don't know you'd had um. You get the feelings like when, um, how do I word this? Um, I don't know, when like the spirit enters the room or like the Holy Ghost is there. Um, and like, and I don't know, could like, could be an overwhelming happiness or, um, or I would just like sit there and cry. Mm. Like, yeah, I know. Like I was a 13-year-old girl with like PMS or something and my emotions were going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's well I, I was the same. I was a, I was a you know, there was many times when I would um like even at that youth cramp the, the one where, where you thought you were demon possessed. I remember No, I didn't think I was demon. No, no, sorry. <laughs> someone thought you were demon possessed. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um I remember um like feeling conflicted about like I went to my bed and I was I was feeling sick as well or something and I felt conflicted about I was like there's so many services and I was a new Christian new like I newly began came involved like three weeks in and I remember like finally going to it and like breaking down I remember being on my knees weeping like crying in front of everyone everyone else was crying as well and mm. just crying and crying and and um, screaming in the top of my lungs like speaking in tongues like um, just yeah, overwhelming experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People tried to force me to speak in tongues. Yeah. Hated it. it. It used to, to be honest, um, it used to scare me a little bit when we were Christian and we would be on a church and I knew that you weren't speaking in tongues or that active because at the time our belief system was that um, speaking in tongues was evidence that you were baptized in the spirit. And Jesus said that you this have to- This is why I was bad, a bad Christian, <laughs> and this because is what, I couldn't speak in tongues. And that um, you're, you're supposed to be baptized with water and the spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, and that used to concern me. I was like, 
I was like, and I used to like try and encourage you. I would never like push you, but I would try and encourage you to, you know, we'd go to prayer meetings or something and I'd try and help you like pray for me. And I used to try and like show I you. <laughs> well, I wanted you to, I was like, I'm not judging you. You don't, and there's no wrong answers. You can't say anything that's going to offend me or God. Like just. But I feel like there are wrong answers. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was trying to help you. Um, uh, Get over that. And now you're doing the same thing, but with Dungeons and Dragons. What do you mean? Well, now you're like, you're getting over it now. Instead of praying out loud in front of everyone and speaking your inner thoughts, you're now playing Dungeons and Dragons with, um, you know, with India, Tom and all of us. And, uh, you have to like, Oh, I want to explore over here. And you yeah, speak to mine. So it's, yeah, it's scary for you. And you're, yeah. yeah so you're over, you're still overcoming it. Same thing. It's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, so it was uh it's it's really interesting how like how perspective can can change so much. And one thing that I've learned through all of this is when I first moved away from faith is um and my perspective shifted so drastically is I realized like life is crazy and you've got to enjoy try and enjoy the ride even in the hard times because eventually you're going to get to like old and be like, "Wow, all those things I was worried about, I, I shouldn't have worried about. I should have just enjoyed it in the meantime. So I used to get so scared. And so I used to go up on top of the mountain and pray over Noosa to break the demonic spiritual bonds of the enemy that have, you know. And then, uh, yeah. The spiritual yeah. stuff always freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. T- tell us about it. I don't know. It was just like. I don't know. It was some. It was something that I couldn't control, <laughs> um, and I don't know. It just gave me like icky feelings. Interesting. Interesting. I know some people who say that that they get icky feelings at churches. Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird because I I used to get the opposite. I go into a church, I'm like, ah. Oh. But like this, is like the so I I told you this the like a week ago or something. But the same same feelings and experiences that I would have on like a worship night or whatever, those exact same feelings I'll have in a musical. Yeah. That's been, that spins me out. Exact same. Yeah. That spins me out. That like, that excitement, that joy, that, that like, I don't know, emotion of wanting to cry or whatever. Yeah. And, and I never had that, that, same thing. Oh, actually, sometimes I might hear something and will remind me of God or something, and I would start crying or praying, um, mm. or feel, feel all these immense feelings. But I never would equate that. But do you know what's going to happen on, the, on this podcast? People are going to say that you were never a Christian, and they're going to say oh, I was never. A I Christian. told you, I was a bad Christian. <laughs> no, but I mean, they, they'll, they'll quote the Bible uh, yeah, to say well. that just that, that says you know if they if they have left us and never once for us. Um, so they use the Bible to prove the Bible. So it's like plugging an extension cord into itself. It, it, there's no power getting into that bad boy, you know? Um, but, uh, we were actually, so just to shift gears a little bit, we were actually, um, just recently down in Brisbane catching up with our friends and they're not Christian at all. Um, they don't believe in God or anything or gods. So they're atheists, but, um, they were saying that we're talking, we're having many drinks. Um, I definitely was having many drinks. You were having fewer, but still many drinks. Um, and we were talking about, uh, and Jen, she was mentioning that she thinks is like bullcrap, this perspective 
that this perspective that society has on women. If women sleep around heaps with heaps of people, they're slut. If a dude mm-hmm. sleeps around with a bunch of people, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was also mentioning how you know I got a friend recently came out as queer. So he's married, got, got kids and stuff, um, but he's bisexual and he, he came out and he was queer. He's, he did not face as queer, and um, because because he was a male, he had all these gay guys come after him on Twitter and say. No, you're not. Like, stop. You're just doing this for clout. And I'm like, this is also, it's also bullshit on the other perspective where dude's sexuality is seen as like off or on. Like, you're either gay or you're straight. Where women are almost expected to be bisexuals or expected to be queer in some, in some perspective. Anyway, we had this like conversation in, in this, um, <laughs> in this, uh, in this pub and talking about like the different, different uh like ways that society views people and 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 stuff and how it's all kind of like bad sometimes but you had some interesting experiences that were different to jen's because you grew up in church with purity culture and we started talking about that and i'm wondering if you had any thoughts on that do you remember what we're talking about no you're gonna have to refresh my memory so you were see you you were taught that your body would make men stumble and it was your responsibility. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to explain that to the viewers? Because a lot of viewers don't understand this concept. Um that you can't you can't wear short skirts or dresses uh, above a certain length. Um you can't show um cleavage or anything like that because if you do and you I don't know, you go out to the shops or you go to a youth group or or you go to church or anything, go anywhere, you will cause a man to stumble and lust over you mm. and that is bad. Mm. Um, and so we were, yeah, it was kind of like be ashamed of your body because you're making somebody else do, do something bad. Mm. But then also we're also a responsibility we have the responsibility um, to not tempt you. Mm. So you guys, it was kind of like you guys, the guys are never in the wrong. Mm. The girls have to cover up and the girls have to be responsible for not making you guys feel a certain way or yep. seeing something that you can't control. Yeah. Because then, yeah. And, and 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 I, I mentioned how we were we would essentially in, in youth group have, this is going to sound so messed up, when I say youth group, and this is what we were all discussing and talking about, but we used to have like essentially, I mean, we're all teenagers, but we used to have essentially um, like small groups where we were like, try not to masturbate clubs, essentially. It's like, how do you know, how do you, what do you do when you don't um, to stop yourself from masturbating and stuff? And, this, and what would happen is you have like all these hormonal, extremely hormonal dudes who would try their hardest not to masturbate for weeks, for days, weeks on end when their hormones gone crazy. And then if they do see like a centimeter of cleavage or a, or a woman's ankle, they're like, ah, I'm going to like pray for me. I need help. Like, and it creates this like spiral of, um, of shame and guilt around. And I mm-hmm. love what, um, our previous guest said links up here. Um, heathen queen, she said, not honoring the needs of your body. And I, and that really resonated with me. Um, However, I'd all, I, and, and also I found it found it really interesting that like men were taught we were essentially predators as well. Like you you got to yeah. control yourself. And they used to always say that you got to control yourself. Otherwise, you're going to just be like 
impregnating people and like going going crazy. You're going to end up in jail for killing someone because you just can't resist raping and murdering. Yeah, and, like, and so if you did that, if you went and killed someone, that's our fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, it would be our fault, but that's how you, yeah, you guys would have been seen it, which is stupid, right? Mm. So it's this, it's this, it's this dichotomy. But what annoys me a little bit, I'm, I'm like going into my feminist mode a little bit. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into my feminist mode a little bit, and it's like, why can't women objectify men? Why can't why can dudes walk around with short shorts or their shirts off or, or whatever? Why can't they go home and masturbate thinking about the men that they saw? It's it's kind of a double standard, and it's like a even that's like a um a devaluing of a woman's sexual urges because women can be just as deviant mm. as men. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're kind of like told that their bodies are kind of, and then at the same time, um, men are expected to always want sex or whatever. And I know some people who, you know, you know, if their husband doesn't want sex or the partner doesn't want sex, um, the woman takes it as like extremely like, what is wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? Like, well, like mm. what's wrong? And it's like, well, sometimes someone doesn't want to have like, there's, there's all these really weird, like social constructs around sexuality that I think are just cringe, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. I've started ranting. It always gets to about this <laughs> stage where I start to, so the alcohol kicks in. Um, maybe we should have a quick break and, uh, Get another glass. And top up. Yeah. Okay. So we're back and we're going to start talking about what Amy believes and why. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, uh, babe, what do you believe? So you're not a Christian. You don't, well, you say you're not a Christian. Um, have you thought much about what you believe in like the greater scheme of things? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So up to the Q&A. <laughs> That's a great interview. <laughs> Um, wow. Okay. So you really haven't thought about like, do you, do you, I remember, I remember once when I came to bed and I, and I was kind of freaking out right at the start before the science festival. And I was like, what if the doctrine of hell is wrong or heaven and hell is wrong? And you're like, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I was like, yeah, I know it's, doesn't feel good. And then you said to me, we should enjoy our lives and we should like, and that's why I think we, part of why we booked our big world trip. No, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that did scare me. Yeah. And it all, all it was was the thought that the doctrine was wrong because I've been speaking to some a different type of Christian from mm. the Pentecostal Christians, yeah. Yeah. But then, I don't know, I, I, like, I always liked, there's one part of the Bible that I did like <laughs> was that, I don't know, there was heaven and hell, not necessarily that I liked that there was hell, but I liked that there was heaven, that there was something to go to after your time here was done. Mm. Um, and so to think that that was potentially now taken away from me, it was quite scary. Do you, do you think, um, are you sitting as close as you were to the mic before? I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Um, you're fine. Um, the way you are now. Um, but do you think that, uh, like, do you think, do you remember what might have like, like why you had the thought of like, what if there wasn't, was it just because I mentioned it or were you, did I mention anything specific about why there might not be a heaven or a hell? Not that I can remember. Um, do you mean like why it spooked me? Yeah. Do you remember why it spooked you? Um, I think just because I had, I had a very, fantasy idea of what heaven was I thought that if someone or 
something or someone passed away that they would be up in heaven looking down on you. Yep. And that they could still um, still watch you, still be proud of you, still, I don't know, I don't know, see what are you doing. Mm. You weren't like alone. They didn't really leave. Yeah. They're still there. And you don't hold that perspective anymore? N- uh, no. No. Mm. I don't think. I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned um, in the pre-interview for this interview, you mentioned something about how you realised just recently when you, you went to pray and you realised, you, you, maybe you can explain, but you went to pray, you, you, there was something that was concerning you and you went to pray about it. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you're you're like, I don't know, you kind of taught that if anything, um I don't know, you're kind of taught to pray all the time anyway, but if something is worrying you or bothering you or whatever, you can turn to God mm. and you can talk to him about it and potentially have him lift that weight off your shoulder. Mm. Um, and I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I remember feeling really uneasy, realising that I didn't believe in God anymore, so therefore that coping mechanism i guess was then also taken from me mm. so i didn't have i didn't have something to pray to or talk to that would help alleviate my stress or concerns mm. or whatever yeah yeah it was really unsettling I remember there was like lots of like unconscious habits that I would build as well, like driving to the Brisbane city. I would be nervous about driving in the city and I'll pray and mm. then I'll be like, oh, God's taking care of it. It's all good. And I would drive, drive. Yeah, it's kind of like shifting, I don't know, is it shifting responsibility? Your responsibility is not the right word. Mm. But, like, yeah, I don't know. You're giving, I don't know, you're giving control to something else that has your best um what's the word i'm looking for yeah like um, has the like, best intention intentions yeah. for you um and it probably does it probably works like praying to something and believing that everything is going to be okay it probably works um i think it i think it definitely helps with um letting go Oh, yeah, yeah. Of stuff i just don't think there is a thing there it works <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't do think it has a thing there yeah yeah, I, I, I actually um, remember when I was really anxious um, one point in my life when I was when I was doing that that evaluating everything thing for the few years that I did it. I um, I still kind of do it, but not as much. But I remember th- being so anxious, like at an eight, like panic attack. Mm. And I didn't want to take Valium and I wanted to go to sl- sleep and wake up in the morning and be okay. And I went to pray to God. And I went to pray as I normally would and say and ask God to remove it so that the next morning I would wake up and I wouldn't feel anxious. Mm. And then I stopped myself. Uh, I can't remember if I've ever told you this. And I said, I'm going to test this. I'm going to sacrifice my anxiety tomorrow and I'm just going to pray to a jug of milk. And I prayed to the jug of milk. I said, jug of milk, please make it so tomorrow I wake up in peace and happiness and I don't have this anxiety anymore. And the next morning... I woke up feeling fantastic and I was like going <laughs> to work milk answered your prayers. and I was going to work and I was so happy and stuff. And then I was just like, this is awesome. I was like, why am I so happy today? And I was like, and then I just, and I thought back and I was like, 
And like, cause I, I'd forgotten about it until about lunchtime. And I was like, wait a minute, I prayed last night. And cause I was actually like, I was really happy. Like my anxiety had left. And I was like, so I was questioning like, what? Like, I'm feeling really good. This has been a while since I felt good. And then I was like, I would have, I would have said that I prayed and God had healed me of this anxiety, but I prayed to a jug of milk. Yeah. And I was like, so I was like, I don't believe in the jug of milk. So I was like, I well, must- you do, it's right there in front of you. <laughs> yeah, but, and I can touch and feel the drug of <laughs> yeah, milk. Exactly. But I don't believe the drug of milk has like these special properties. You don't know. <laughs> That's, you're right, babe. You're right. It's like that old, um, the teapot, the, the teapot analogy. Like you don't know that there's a te- not a teapot exactly. orbiting Saturn. Yeah, and it's like, well, I guess we don't know. Isn't it a, um, oh, where was I going with that? Isn't it like a, isn't it like a psychology thing? Like where I think- I think you were taught it, if I remember this right. But, like, decide to, if you're anxious about a particular topic, um, like I'm anxious about carrots, I don't know why, but um, (laughs) sure, why not? Um, Then, like, set a time aside later on in the day to worry about it then. Mm. And then you can continue on with your your day. And then when you get to that time, then you can worry about it. It's kind of similar. Yeah. Yes. It's it's dismissing it's dismiss it's giving a reason to dismiss the fear almost. Yeah. For a certain period period yeah. of time. I'm allowed to worry about it as much as I want at seven PM. Or it's all right, God's got this under control. Or the yeah. magical milk jug. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. It's interesting. But I didn't feel good when I prayed to the milk jug. I thought it was stupid. But I was just <laughs> testing the idea and I was very expecting to wake up not having like having the anxiety still and be like, oh, you know. I mean that wouldn't have been proof of anything either. Just the same way praying to it resulted in uh, my anxiety going away. That's not proof of anything either, but it was just interesting that it went different to my, how I expected Mm. to do. And I know that like, you know, there's always a way to dismiss all these ideas. Well, maybe that was the devil. So the devil stopped attacking you because you Mm. prayed to the drug of milk. Uh, And so the devil wanted to trick you. So he stopped attacking you and he was attacking you before because he knew that you're going to pray to the drug of milk. And then now, and you know, and like, so there's always a way to like wiggle out of anything. Um, And eventually if you, if you push these uh, fundamentalist Christians, um, they'll go, we can ask him when we get there. Or you just got to have faith. Yeah. (laughs) And you go, oh yeah. People used to ask me like when I got to heaven and met God, what would I ask him? I could never think of anything smart. The only thing I could ever think of was I want to know why mosquitoes were created. Yeah. What good do mosquitoes have? Yeah. I mean, they might have some, like, environmental thing, but not that I'm aware of. But they're they're uh, just stupid. And little things are flying around and hurt you. Yeah, well, I think. Fuck your blood. No, thank you. I could give you an an apologist answer to that. I think that what went all creatures – um, vegetarians before the fall, and the fall made them all. So, so lions. Who says and, that? Where does it say that? It says that somewhere in the Bible, and all the jaguars were using that to eat lettuce. You know, um, using their big teeth to eat lettuce. Doubtful. Yeah, I mean it's weird, but this is what like Ken Ham and Ken Hoven's ministries say. Like the answers in Genesis, the Earth is six thousand years old, kind of stuff. They go, yeah, they're all vegetarian. Mm. But I mean, if you believe the Earth six thousand years old, why not? Why not believe that penguins walk from Antarctica to the Middle East to get in a boat, sailed around with no food for a year, and then walk back to the Antarctica? Like, why not? Why not believe all these things? It's just, it's, it seriously, it's just like Noah and his magical zoo boat. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, um, mm. no. When you start believing absurdities, it's just, just add as many as you want. I think that's another reason why I bought you those tickets to that science thing because I, I feel like I remember reading in like the subject like the subject lines of what they were going to debate was something about like evolution and faith. Yeah. 
at the same time. And well, I knew it that was can were, faith and science mix, I think. Yeah, but there was something specific in there about evolution, I uh, thought. Yeah. Um, and you were looking into evolution at the time. So I was like, oh, this might yeah. this might help answer yeah. some questions and they can coexist. Yeah, it was really interesting too because I, I go over that in my other video, but essentially like on stage there was like two types of Christians, I think a, cra- a Catholic, a Muslim, a Hindu. And <laughs> I thought you were going to say crackhead. <laughs> no, um, and uh and someone else, like the all different types of faith, and an atheist, and all of them were agreeing that their faith, their exclusive faith, that is, you know, like you, the, everyone else's faith is wrong. My faith is only the correct one, and science had no problem commingling, like they were perfect together. And the atheist was like, "What are you talking about? No!" Like he's like, and that's who we got the books, AC Grayling, and it was like, yeah, he was, he was cool. saying, yeah, he was saying essentially like, well, no, he, he he believes that science is the antithesis to faith. Faith says. This is true. Let's find evidence to support it. Well, this is true. I believe it. And science goes, remove as much belief as you possibly can and let's look at the data and see if we can build models from that data. Mm. It's much more boring and doesn't give you those warm, fuzzy feelings. Just go see a musical. It's probably true. Yeah, it's probably more likely to be true. Yeah. Um, So moving, so um, because you're like a dirty heathen now, um, and we're heathens. Um, what do you think of, or, uh, well, we're unbelievers, I guess you could say. Um, what do you think about like how we're going to raise our kids? What kind of parents are we going to be? So th- this became, this was quite interesting, quite interesting for me because I actually wrote this document called parental values. Cause I was like, Oh shit. What do I, like, what do I teach them? Is it okay to steal? I don't know. Like I used to have gone like, no, it's what not. Do you mean? Well, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like the Bible says it's not okay to steal, obviously. And I think that's probably a good, good point, but we take it for granted only because we're taught as kids. It's not okay to steal. It's one of the 10 commandments. So it's like, I'm like, Whoa. yeah, I suppose, but it's also against the law. Yeah. I mean, there's that too, but like there's heaps <laughs> of, there's heaps of things like what, what are, what parental values, like what, what, how do we draw on our morals our ethics? Where do we get them from? As, as parents, what kind of parents are we going to be? I feel like you just asked me like five different questions. Well, Can you just give me one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, has your perspective changed at all from, well, I think you're just going to say no, right? Because you don't- you, what? You just thought, ask, ask me the okay. question. Have your parental values at all changed or have you thought about that since you've lost your belief system, since you've changed your belief system? Um... I mean, like, yeah, some of them might have changed. Like, they wouldn't be – they're not exactly the same as when I was Christian back in the old days. Mm. Um, Yeah, some of them definitely would have changed. I'd like things to be based a little bit more on reality, not (laughs) – Fantasy. fantasy but i mean it's good it's good for kids to have fantasy as well so yeah would you um i have santa claus yeah the tooth fairy well exactly there's there's a good there's a good example um i've i've i really like halloween and that's been a real sticking point for you because yeah. you grew up thinking it was actual evil spirits yeah we were never allowed to do halloween yeah we would lock all the doors turn all the lights off yeah and if someone knocked on the door dad would tell us don't answer it. Yeah. Where where now we live in a community where there are a lot of new families and on Halloween, like all little kids, like little Elsas come to the door 
and you're like, hey, how you doing? And they're like got the little wands and it's the most adorable thing. Um, and like I, I you love act it. like you know who Elsa is now. No, no, I knew who she was before that, but like okay. they're all dressed up as like princesses and like, you know, or someone might come in like Star Wars and you're like, this is freaking adorable. And they're just having the time of their life. It's like one big theme park, all these kids running around. Um, and I love it. Those parts are adorable. Yeah. The people that come that come with like a knife around their throat <laughs> or like blood coming out of their eyes or something like that—that's not adorable. Yeah, in I my like, opinion. But I like that stuff. I think I think that stuff's f- fun as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, but that's been like a that was really hard for you to kind of embrace at the start. Hey, like when we yeah, it's scary. It's it's it was taught as evil. Mm. So to like re retrain my brain mm. like that, it's really hard. But maybe it maybe it is wrong. I don't know. Like like how do we evaluate whether or not it's it's going to cause trauma to these kids? Because I see, I actually notice a lot of the time now that a lot of Christian children are well, totally unprepared for the world. Like they're totally they're to- so sheltered that they they could see like two people like kissing down the street or someone punching someone on the arm and and start crying like five year olds and you're like. Well, yeah, it depends on everyone's upbringing. Yeah, but it's like, damn, like, I feel like that's more harmful to a child than giving them a few nightmares of a horror movie. I mean, I'm kind of kind of being a bit extreme there, being a bit hyperbolic, but do you know, do you know what depends. I mean? I feel like I've been crippled by a horror movie. So, <laughs> But you're there, and how old were you when you saw that, 15? I don't know. You would have been 15, 16, maybe 17. Yeah, maybe. And you've been yeah. crippled by a horror movie. Still. Yeah. To this day. Yeah, The Ring. Yeah, stereos. Yeah. yeah. You see, now I think- Don't be you- coming at me with your black long hair <laughs> over your face and yeah. static TV. No, thank you. I think that- Or a well. Or yeah, a but you see, I think if you grew up um, ex- experiencing more of those things, you wouldn't have such a traumatic experience. This is yeah. just a thought. Yeah, potentially. But I'm also a very visual person. Yeah. And, maybe and that's- so like faces and stuff stick in my head. Maybe so that- if there's like- I could, I could watch like a, I don't know, I could watch a horror movie where it doesn't necessarily have a, I don't know how to word this, like a main character face mm-hmm. and be fine. Yeah. No, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just thinking The Call is a great example, but I don't think The Call is classified as a um, horror. I think it's a thriller. But I love The Call. It's mm-hmm. a great movie. But- like the ring or like it or anything like that where it has like a, I don't know, it has like this persona, it sticks in my head and I can't I can't get that image mm. out of my head. Yeah. So it scares me. Mm. I wonder if though if that- Like I could wake up and it would be right there. I wonder if that, hap- that is happening though because of your upbringing of not being exposed to mild forms of- um, horror or thriller or yeah, but then but then you just told that it's um. This is why you don't watch scary movies because it lets the devil in. Yeah, I know, and that's terrifying. I remember getting told Pokemon was going to do that to me. Oh yeah, we weren't allowed to watch Pokemon <laughs> either. Um, yeah, I know. It's it's. Uh, I, I think that's that can be a form. Like, I feel like it, it acts the same as child abuse. If you tell someone that there's actual demons out there ready to kill them and that they're going to hell. I think that's a form of child abuse. It's a spooky story in itself. Hell is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more than a spooky story. It's absolutely disgusting. Like in- I remember- To, to tell anyone they're going to hell, it's absolutely disgusting. I remember being told that some woman like 
woke up in the middle of the night because she had this really um, like tight chest and she woke up and she could see like demons and stuff sitting on her chest, mm. which was weighing it down. Yeah. That really freaked me out. Yeah. it's Yeah. That was so scary. And then you go to church every Sunday and you learn about how God's trying to take back the ground from the enemy and the devil and it becomes very real. And then you go to a party and you think, oh, wait, are the demons here? Like this, this kid's drinking. The bad stuff's going yeah, on. Yeah, so having Halloween, people mm. are people are dressing up as, I don't know, people from horror movies or, I mean, you do get cute dress-ups like Elsa and, mm-hmm. I don't know, Garfield and whoever. Um, and they're cute. They're fine. But the scary stuff is like letting demons into your life. Mm. Don't do that. That's scary. <laughs> All right. Well, what I'm going to do. You could be possessed. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit you with a few, like, um, evangelical Christians' worst nightmares, okay? I'm going to throw them at you like a child comes home and does X. What's your reaction? Well, as, a, as, as like me now you, or as, like, you now, as a Christian? As you now. So, oh, I'm going to throw it like, okay. okay. So, our 15-year-old boy um, is, caught, oh, no. is caught smoking cigarettes. Okay. What do you do? Ooh. <clears throat> well, take them off him, for starters. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's not old enough to have them. <laughs> okay. All right. He's not old enough to make that decision. Um, and give him the, like, let him know why it's not great to smoke cigarettes and the health implications okay i'm not going to interject too much in this i'm not going to give you hate smoking. i'm not going to yeah I hate smell. i'm not going to give it's you disgusting. my my points on this i'm just going to like rapid fire these out to you okay right um our 13 year old um i'm not saying i'm right yeah yeah no 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 this is just your opinion our our 13 year old daughter comes home and says that um she, she's a tomboy and she goes i want to identify i identify as a male i'm transgender okay cool is that what you do you just say okay um, like, it doesn't worry you? Like, you just go, high five, let's go get some, like. Some- yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't worry me. I mean, my family might have something to say about it. <laughs> yeah. But, that'd, um, oh, that'd be so funny. Both our families would be <laughs> interested in that one. Doesn't bother me. I still love them. Yeah. Yeah. How weird to love your trials. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, our, um. Our fifteen-year-old um, son comes home. Well, you're going around this age. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's the the questions I'm trying to like the things that are popping in my head. Okay. Our fifteen-year-old son comes home um, and says, "Hey, our fifteen-year-old son boy comes home and says, uh, hey, uh, this is Jeremy, my boyfriend.' Nice to meet you, Jeremy. It wouldn't be like that. You didn't know he was gay or anything. Like he was just what? Yeah, well, you just would you just be like, oh, okay, hey, I, uh, yeah, I think I would. Oh, I said I wasn't going to interject, but that's freaking awesome. That's that's exactly what I want to do as well. Like, I have I no, <laughs> I have no issues with it whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I don't want our children if they were. But why did they have to? Why did they have to come out? Exactly. And exactly. Like, I, I hope they just pop in and you're like, oh, oh, boyfriend, oh, old girlfriend, yeah, oh, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> All right, you see. Well, this is what evangelicals would like have, lose sleep over usually most. Not all, most. Um, okay. Um, I'm getting hot and flustered now. 
Oh, what from you getting angry at the? Uh, no, I think the alcohol is just oh, okay. Um, the uh, we find out that one of our children has been racist to someone online. Uh, <clears throat> not okay. So what would you do? Like you find them like messaging someone racist stuff online. Oh, um, I'd probably sit down and talk with them and find like why, why do they think it's appropriate to talk to another person like that? Okay. What if they were in the other person's shoes? Yeah. How would they feel? Yeah. As a Christian, I'd probably give the same Interesting. Answers, to be honest. You see, I- Because like I said, I was a bad Christian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or a good human, depending on how you want to look at it. But like, yeah, for me- Like I had I had gay friends. Mm. Well, for me though, I would funny. I would try and like help them not be gay if I was like a super Christian. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Because, because I knew they were going to hell for it, right? That's oh, what, that's no. What I, would I, had, I had in my head that like Jesus loves everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so fine. And well, I didn't necessarily do that, by the way, but it's like that that's where a lot of people go is they're like, my child, my child is gay or transgender. They're not going to go to heaven. And then it causes them to be seriously messed up in the head. Um, yeah. Scared, I guess, that my little brother would become gay. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Because like he was one boy out of, he had three older sisters. Oh, and the girls were going to we like- spread the gay to him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, painting nails and stuff. Yeah. Like, we would all be doing it so then he would want to be included yeah. and do that also. But that didn't mean anything. It comes from this, like, weird thing of, like, you can turn someone, mm. you can give someone the gaze. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of like, un, like, a lot of underlying homophobia in society just in people's perspectives and stuff, I think. Yeah. Well, our friends, like, my friends that were gay, we weren't allowed to tell that they were gay. Yeah, and that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what about um? Okay, I'm, I think I've got it. I think oh, okay, I got a good one. A little little baby girl. Um, she's two. She's just learning to talk. Cute. And oh no, don't I know what you're gonna say? <laughs> and she goes, <laughs> and we see, <laughs> um, and we like, do you want to go to bed? And she's like, fuck off. <laughs> What do you do? Or she swears. Let's just say she swears. And I think it's hilarious. I'm I like, swore as a kid. Ooh. I was on a bus or something with Grandy. One time. You swore one time as a kid. I don't know. This is just the story yeah. I've been told multiple times. I was on the bus with Grandy and a truck went past. And so I said the F word. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it and Grandy was mortified. Yeah. You see, that's- Because um, I did it in a public setting you with see, other people around. I would burst out laughing. If our child was saying, saying like- Oh, like, see, I would It's find, a fucking I would find, goat. I would, I would lose it. Like, I'm like, sure, it's funny when they're like, I don't know, when they're like two or whatever. But as soon as they start getting to like, if a 10-year-old or something started- Swearing at me mm. and telling me to go f off or whatever, I would have a real. Oh, issue they swore with it. at me. I'd yeah. I would have a huge issue with it. Yeah. Um, smacking. I think I'm against it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, I was I, smacked as a kid. Yeah, and it was horrible. Yeah, I I don't was, I don't care about that. I just think I, the, would, I think the science. 
like the behavioral science is pretty conclusive that smacking does nothing but bad things for the child. Like I would kick and scream and so I'd be pinned down to the floor and they would sit on my back mm. I know so that th- they could smack me or yeah. leave like hand, like bolted handprints on my butt Yeah, because they smacked me so hard because yeah. you're just doing it out of anger. Yeah. That's not going to... Uh, yeah, and and achieve and anything exactly, and the um, like I think behavioral science says like you shouldn't smack; it's not a good idea. But then the Bible says, um, spare the rod and spoil the child, meaning that if you don't belt your child with a rod, like a stick, that um, you'll spoil them, and uh, <laughs> and you know, so so you, that's why that's why in in society you, you, the conservative Christians usually are the ones that were still smacking. And um, progressives are the ones saying probably not a good idea to physically abuse your children. Um, so, probably not. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, but you know, uh, once again, I'm only very, I'm just slightly familiar with the literature. I haven't read too much about it, but um, yeah, it's an interesting perspective because I used to be all for. I used to be all for it. Yeah. Um, when I was a teenager, I, I think that's I just because that's how I was brought up, though. So I thought it was. Normal. I thought that's how you did yeah. things. Yeah. I didn't realize that you that there were other avenues that you could go down. Has your perspective at all changed on things like global warming since now you don't believe in uh, like climate change since now you don't believe in a god? No. So, like, so for me before, I used to always be like, "Why bother about cleaning up the planet? God, we're going to be in heaven, and God's going to renew the planet himself." No, I never had. I never had that thought. Yeah. I never had the mentality of like, what do you say? Um, like using Earth as like a doormat to heaven, like wiping your feet. On yeah, it. I've never. Mm. I've never been like that. Yeah, you see. So yeah, you're a bad Christian. I'm trying to be person. nice to people and things. Yeah. Uh, what are animals? What What do you mean? What well, about it's animals? Not, like, um, people would know you. People don't know you're a vegetarian. Yes, I am. Do you think that if you do you think that part of your like has your belief system shaped around that at all? Like has have you decided to become a vegetarian because you're like, okay, other creatures, we're animals as well, other creatures are sentient or anything like that, or is it just because you're like Well no, it started it started off for health reasons. I felt like I wasn't necessarily eating that great, like mm. good nutrient food. Um, and so, I mean, even when we first got married and we were still eating meat and stuff, I would still rather like load something up with veggies. Mm. Like I wanted to pack veggies into whatever we're eating. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then it just kind of progressed. Mm. I, I definitely don't like harming other animals and stuff. Mm. Um, but that's not truthfully why. I started going vegetarian. Yeah, but do you think now, though, let's say if you were to become a Christian all of a sudden and you were to then re-adopt, <laughs> yeah, re-adopt the idea that we have, domin- <clears throat> we have dominion over the animals, would that change your perspective? <clears throat> no. You see, this is what I mean. You're not – this is you don't – your belief systems don't really inform your choice. I'm is what a I mean. bad Christian. Bad Christian, good human. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather you be a good human than a bad Christian and rather the, uh, the same thing um, for myself. Like, but, but um, if you're going to if you're gonna start going down all that stuff, then why don't you just get slaves too? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like just because the Bible says. Yeah. The Bible says you can get, you can keep slaves, own slaves, beat slaves as long as they don't die within a few days. It was not workers, everyone. It was people that you, it was people taken from other nations that you could sell to other people and you could pass down to your children as inheritance. If you want to use you. biblical morality, <laughs> that's what it was. Mm. Um, and if you don't believe me, check out the Hebrew expert and a seriologist I had on the podcast, <laughs> Dr. Joshua Bowen, who went, who has written a book on the matter. Uh, does the Old Testament condone slavery? Short answer, yes. It's an easy read. Podcast up there. So jumping on to the Q&A. Um, now we've got, yeah, we've got a few questions. Um, Hit me. All right, cool. So this has come from people in our in the Discord, um, my Discord server. Uh, just remind everyone you should join it. We're having great conversations over there, um, and um, and some friends and family. Um, let me just check. This is delicious. It is delicious. Mm. Okay. After your shift in perspective, did you feel as though you had had to figure out your identity? As church sometimes overemphasizes the role of wife. As in like how a wife should be in a household kind of thing. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? So sometimes I think what the person was saying was sometimes the church makes it out that you're a wife to your husband. So you're like, you're subservient to me and that you, yeah. But I feel like we've never run out, out and we've always been equal in that relationship. Yeah. We always both have equal say. There's no butt stops with anyone, buck stops with anyone. We discuss things till three in the morning sometimes to like arrive at a point we both agree with. But did you think your identity, um, your perspective, did, did, did you, after your shift in perspective, did you feel as though you had to figure out your identity? I mean, yes and no in different ways. I didn't, it wasn't necessarily a shift in identity because I was no longer Christian. It was more the, I don't know, like the habits that I had in place when I was a Christian, like getting up and going to church every Sunday or um. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Losing that community, I guess, was tough. But at the same time, I was kind of fine with losing it as well because I felt like it kind of got to a stage where people started becoming really standoffish and wouldn't really talk to me anymore. Mm. So then it was like, well, do I want to be here? Mm. Not really. Um, and yeah, like habits, like not being able to, not being able to pray when I got, um, like anxious and stuff, um, was hard. Um, but as far as like your identity to that change at all? That. When you say identity, like who, that really you, trips me up. How you viewed yourself, like as a person in society. Um, I think it 
actually helped me a bit, to be honest. Like when when I was a Christian and stuff, because my my dad wasn't really around much because he was trying to provide for our family and stuff. Um, I didn't I didn't get too much of like a father daughter bond like I did in my early years until everything shifted with mum and then dad had to provide for us which is fine he did the best that he Mm. could at the time I don't blame him for anything um but it changed it changed our relationship because he wasn't around and so then it was kind of like um you're taught very much in church like God loves you and I know like that that side of things like God accepts you for who you are. Um, he's there for you, kind of like a father figure mm. kind of thing. Um, so I think I relied on that heavily when I was a Christian. But then when I wasn't necessarily a Christian, <laughs> as it eventuated, um, I don't know. It was kind of nicer. I wasn't relying necessarily on God to accept myself. Mm. Um, so it was kind of for the better, oh, you know? That's really nice. Like I don't care as much what people, like I still care what people think of me, but I don't care as much as mm. what I used to and I'm not relying on, I don't know, people to pray for me and give me prophecies and like tell me, God loves you and all mm. this stuff. Like I'm not reliant do you on think that anymore, you, which is kind of freeing. Has it made you feel more confident? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Mm. Yeah. It's so I suppose it kind of has shifted yeah. my identity, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Or just being, or just being like confident mm. in yourself. Yeah. I think there's a lot to say about that, actually. There's the, that. I I don't, did, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. No, it's that rude. was really good explanation. Um these are all kind of in, in, in um, random order, but if if our family wanted to bring our children to church, would you let them? Yes, mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let them take them every week because we might want to do something with the kids, like go take them out for a picnic or go for a bike ride or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no issues with our children being exposed so the rabbit <laughs> to Christianity or other religions. Right, yeah. Because my, my, my follow-up for that would be like if we had family members that converted to Islam or Judaism or um, Hinduism or Satanism, would you be okay <clears throat> with them t- attending those things? Like going to temple, going to the synagogue or the mosque? Yeah, I think it's... I don't think there's anything wrong with going. I think it's I think it would help open their eyes to the rest of the world. Like not everyone sees things that way the way that we see them. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's educational. Um and then when they come back here, we talk about what they experienced, what they saw and talk them through it. Cool. That's awesome. Um, 
will you, uh, what if this is kind of the same similar question, but someone asked it, what if, um, it's very similar, but what if one of our family members or friends wanted to tell our children, young children about, um, Jesus. So the message of Jesus, which is generally that by accepting him, you go to heaven and not accepting him, you go to hell. Again, it's kind of like an educational experience. Like there are other religions that also have, I think. Yeah, I think the Islam. I think the Islam hell is way worse than the Christian hell. Um. Yeah. So I think it's educational, and again, just talk about it when they Mm. come back. Okay. Cool. Um, You don't want to. You don't want to like shield your children from it yeah no like i well i'm trying not to interject too much because i think i've done so much talking in this um <laughs> but um i'm but yeah i i would agree i i don't think that i think you you need to expose your children to a whole variety of thought um i do sometimes get concerned about because i was definitely affected by like by being told it was the truth you know being told that you know yeah i, I was always like how do you know mm. and like also, I, I don't know. I feel like I quite like I. Maybe that's why I was never so like hot in Christianity because I kind of questioned things but kept things to myself. Like mm. I was like, "Who created God?" He just was. That answer pissed me off. Yeah, because it doesn't make like, sense. What do you mean? Yeah. So when like, like I know what? when someone says to me, um, "Who created everything?" and they say God, and I say, "Who created God?" Um, you know, um, although where did, if I said they say where did God come from, he always was. I say, why do you have to say that? Why don't we just say the universe always was? It makes no sense. Cut out the middleman. The universe always was. Well, it makes no sense. It makes no sense for God to just exist as well. You're just begging the question. You just yeah, you know. that that answer would always really annoy me. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and also it, why I never I don't know. You got to have faith. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Thanks. exactly. And I got a I got a Bible scripture on the arm. Yeah. Um, Fun times. I don't regret them. They're still good. Would you? Um, will you talk to your your children about the Bible? Like just yourself. So like reading them bedtime stories and stuff. Will you tell them about the Bible? Like read them the Bible as a bedtime story. Yeah. Or tell them about it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't read it to them as a bedtime story. I'd probably pick like Winnie the Pooh or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the point is, um, would you be against? Like the, the idea, I guess, is I think the point the pers- person saying is, are there values? in the Bible that you want to pass on to your children, I guess. <clears throat> that's such, that's an interesting question because, I don't know, the values that I think in the Bible, are they not normal values like what other people would have, like well, not, honesty? Not slavery. Um, burning homo- Stoning homosexuals to death. <laughs> um, no, there are a few things. There are a few but things. But I mean, like, are- I mean, like, like, um, like honesty and not stealing and mm. like being kind to your neighbor, mm. like being kind to others and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I agree with those, with those things. Yeah, and I uh, definitely, hundred percent, pass them on. But, but it would be. I can't pick like 
a yeah. story in my head from the Bible and then read it to them. But I'm sure you'd feel the same. Like if you read a really interesting story in, like if you read um, my favorite story in um, the Dhammapada um, about um, Buddha and his child, uh, the Kisukutami and the link to the video. But, um, you know, Kisukutami had that child and she bring it to the Buddha and said, help bring my child back to life. And he said, yes, but you must go to oh. a, you know, a house that has, and, and get me a mustard mm-hmm. seed from this house, but it has to be from somewhere where no one's died. died yeah. And she goes around, she doesn't find a house where no one's died. And then she realizes what the Buddha is teaching and that is death is inevitable. And then as a result, she could deal yeah. with the grief and she buried her child and came back and said, and the Buddha exactly. said, where is your child? And he said, um, yeah, he, she, he said, where is your child? And she, and she said, enough of my child. Um, let me be your disciple because she realized he was teaching a really important message. That's a really beautiful story that I love from Buddhism. I'm not a Buddhist though. Um, so what I'm kind of getting at is. I mean, I think like Noah's Ark is cute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. putting putting pairs of animals yeah. on, a, on an ark and going sailing for a little bit. Yeah. That's cute. So I think. But- I think would you say, um, I think I'm trying to fill it in a little bit for you. So would you say that you would teach biblical stories to your children, but you'd also, it's not like exclusively, like you'd also teach other religions if it was fun to you or interesting or. Um, to be fair, I'm not educated on other religions. I just told you That's about Kizikotami. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you would, you would yeah. be doing that part. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, I mean, uh, yeah, if they came back from like kids' church because they went with my parents or something and were telling me about Noah's Ark or whatever, then yeah, I'd enter a conversation mm. with them about that. Like, about this it, is why it kind of worked. Koalas can't survive on. Oh, yeah, it's one of my videos linked up. <laughs> sorry. Um, Stop it. <laughs> sorry, I'm just being silly now. Uh, uh, do, you th- do you think teaching your children about God can be harmful? Ooh. So, about heaven, hell, demons? Is I put that, that stuff in quotations because I thought. Um, I don't know how to answer that. Why? Because um, I feel like I do think it can be harmful, but I can't think of an example uh, yeah. for you. So like how, how I would say definitely. Hell, hell it can is defi- be, but it can be good, but it can be very harmful. Hell is definitely scary as, um, like even, um, even Revelation, you, I, the, the rapture, mm. you used to be hella freaked out about the rapture. That would mm. literally keep me up at night. Yeah. So would you consider that harmful? Yeah, probably. But then. But then it's like, a, it's like, it is it mean, like the same harmful as like watching a horror movie and it's scaring yeah, you? The, yeah. Well, I would say some horror movies can be harmful. Yeah. I would say, like that. I think that f- f- I'm interjecting again, but essentially I, I'm on the, I'm on the, the path that I think that, um, yeah, it can be harmful. Like it, it, a lot of good things can come from it as well, but, and it's yeah. really, it's really interesting, but it can, yeah, of course it can be harmful. That's why it needs to be put in the correct context. Um, yeah. Um, interesting question. Do you, uh, um, do you have any hang-ups about your kids learning sexual um, education? Like, do I have something that I don't want them like, to Like, say if the school wanted to teach about transgenderism, LGBT issues, um, oral sex, anal sex, vaginal sex, how to use a condom, would you be okay with that at almost any age that they see it's appropriate? Any age? Uh, yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, I think it'd be I'm fine with that. I feel like I like I feel like I like mum was really good at explaining like us girls going through puberty mm. and stuff, but not necessarily about sexual stuff mm. and identity and I've always what loved- you do in the bedroom and stuff like that. Um, I've always loved, just to side note, I've always loved how your mum can be really real like that. I love that about your mum. Yeah, like she showed us, she showed us like books and pictures and stuff mm. of um, like our reproductive parts and how mm. that how that works every month and stuff. So she did really well in that. Um, but when it came to sexual stuff, I wasn't very, I wasn't very educated at all. I only well. I don't know. I only really knew of one specific way to have sex. I, um, I educated you on our wedding night. That was very creepy. Um, I knew that there was other stuff to do and kind of like figured some stuff out by myself, but <laughs> it makes it's, um, I don't know. I wish I hadn't known that stuff earlier. You wish you had known? Yeah. Yeah, but like from the right context, like you're not going to start showing five year olds pornos or anything. Like you just no, 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 no. Yeah, Um, a bit more of a fun question. What's your favorite memory of us since getting together? (laughs) That's like ten years. Mm. Um, I can't say mine because it's it's too explicit. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) And you can't choose our wedding. That's really hard. Mm. Um, maybe. Can I have a couple? Yeah, you can have a couple. When we first moved in together. Oh yeah, that was great. That was a huge step for us. And we did that we didn't, as we, we got didn't, married. Yeah, we didn't live together before we were married. Good I'd never lived <laughs> <laughs> I'd never lived with anybody else mm-hmm. before I was married. So getting married and moving into a little unit together was really special and like setting up house. Yeah. Was really Yeah. I oh, we, we, that. we got we got the first unit we applied for too, which was amazing. Yeah. That was that was awesome, and our neighbors were great, and yeah, I don't know. It was like the perfect, I don't know. It was the perfect compromise for us in regards to houses. Like I wanted something a little bit modern, and you didn't really care. Mm. You like, yeah, just wanted like a good price or mm. in a good area and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that that was that was really special. It was really sad when we left that unit. No, I love that unit. Yeah. Um, and oh, I don't know. Um, when we built this house and coming down like every every weekend or every yeah, couple of weekends to see the progress of the house, that was really special for me because I never thought that you would build a house because <laughs> you were so you were so no. against building a house. Yeah. I was an idiot. And yeah. so that that was really that was really special for me. And then probably when we got butters. Oh yeah, that was that was that was as good. As well. Yeah. Um 
like going down, meeting him when he was like, what, eight weeks old mm. or something um, and picking him and then getting videos. Mm. Um, I don't know. I have so many. And then well, like the, traveling together. Yeah, I don't know. I have so many. traveling was just amazing. Like that shaped <laughs> us as people, I think, especially experiencing different cultures and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we found butters while we were traveling. Yeah, that's true. Like, we're in Slovakia? Uh, Poland. Oh, no, um, uh, Prague. Um, we connected to the Wi-Fi. Um, because were we, we in Prague? I thought we were yeah. in that place where the fridge didn't work and we had to put our Coke outside. Well, we, we, we might have, but we ended up messaging them when we were in Prague after that because uh. we were doing three days there and three days in Slovakia, three days in Prague. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's been heaps. All right. If you can impart one message to your future children, what would it be? Let's say, yeah, one message. You could teach them one value. Be kind. People are so, people and kids can be so cruel. Mm. Yeah. Like you don't know, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their home situation is like. Mm. Um, people mask stuff really well. Mm. Like, you can find out that someone's really depressed, but at work they're like the happiest person ever. Mm. Like people are really good at masking stuff. So, yeah, just be, be kind. kind. I think that I was actually on the fence about it, about that be kind was going to be one of mine, but because you chose it, I'll choose something else. So our child could be like super, super saiyan. Um, uh, be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing that people don't do. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with everyone. Just say things exactly how they are. You can soften things, but you need to be honest with yourself about life. Mm. But even like self-care, be kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. And But also it's be scary. honest. Are you dealing with this okay? If you're not, go see someone. Mm. Go see a psychologist. Go see. It's not. The honesty is not just about like telling lies or telling. It's it's about going like how do I not, not trying, not tricking yourself, not deceiving yourself. Um, even the Bible says the heart is wicked. Who can understand it? You know, like no one can understand the, the heart. No, he can't. Uh, it's you know Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Um, I think uh, I'm not going to quote, but somewhere in Jeremiah it says, you know, the heart is wicked. No one who, who can understand it. Um, and I've actually had a Christian apologist say to me, he he, he worries about the Christian, the Christ type of Christianity that um, believe in like the presence of the Holy Spirit guiding them. He worries about them. Why? Because he says the Bible says clearly that the heart is wicked, who can understand it, and wicked and deceptive, who can understand it. And he says that you've got two scenarios. One, God's going to tell you something that lines up with the Bible in prophecy, which in that in which case, why do you need the prophecy? Just read the Bible. Or secondly, it doesn't line up with the Bible, so therefore it's not. Well, no, from- because uh, there's prophecies in the Bible and then there's prophecies about itself. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? And yeah. And and when they don't come to come to come to when they don't, but work, they always might they, unless you got in the way. Yeah, what's that? What's that old saying? Like when you pray to God, you'll either get a um, a yes, a no, or a wait. So yes, here's your prayer answered. No, I'm not I going always to got waits. Yeah, or wait. Pisses me off. Yeah, and which is coincidentally the same thing you would get if you pray to a potato. Yes, no, or wait. There's no <laughs> way for it to fail. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> or a jug of milk. The magical jug of milk. Someone on my Discord, please make an emoji or a gif of a jug of milk. I'll use it. Um, how do you feel? Um, how did you feel when I first started questioning my faith? So when I came to you and said, hey, I want to look into things. I want to be a good father, a parent, blah, blah, blah. I want to, I want to examine everything. And I wasn't in this first investigating my faith, was I? I was just investigating the, the idea truth. of creation and evolution. Yeah. What, how did you feel about that? 
Um, the creation and evolution thing I was fine with. I didn't care. Um, the, like, Christianity part I was also fine with, but I was a little bit concerned about what if I just had what ifs going through my mind. So, like, when we have children, what if you didn't believe but I still did Mm. and would that become an issue if I wanted to take the kids to church Mm. and you didn't necessarily agree with it? Would that become an issue? Yeah. That was really That was my my same fears as well, to be honest. Um, like what if we just went on the same page, but it was, it was always about, and I think that's why I came to you. I said, I don't need you to believe the same things as me, but, but I, I'd love, which was helpful. I, yeah. I'd love for you to just be open to hearing what I have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that I would. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, fine. Go ahead. Uh, did, did your, um, did your parents ever talk negatively about other teenagers in their church and their sin? And if so, does this affect the amount of information you, that you disclose to them about your life? Oh, interesting. Um, yes. <laughs> That's great. Um, yes, definitely. There would be um, there would be stories about um, maybe not necessarily teenagers, but like young adults. Um, going out and drinking mm. and having having a wild night on Saturday and then turning up on Sunday to church and leading worship yeah. for the rest of the congregation. Mm. It was very much frowned upon. Yeah. Um, I used to hate that as well, People would be stepped down from the band yeah. because of it. Yeah. I kind of I think they should be. Um, <laughs> if, you, if, you get, if you believe something, believe it. Don't just like... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I mean, like moderation. Yeah. Well, no, I agree. I don't. Well, I don't think people should be worshiping like doing that anyway. Like, uh, but but if you're gonna do it, at least be consistent. You know what I mean? As in, get drunk like every Saturday. No, for the rest as in of the like year, if, you, then- if you believe if you believe that if you're telling people that getting drunk is a sin and that you shouldn't be doing it, don't do it yourself. Like, don't go around and like party and like have a great time and then tell everyone else. Like, there was a pastor that got caught. But they weren't. Was, they was, weren't though. No, but they were leading worship in, in a church that did teach that stuff. Like there was there was a pastor yeah. that was taught. Like he would he would preach against homosexuality all the time in his um in his congregation, and eventually the prostitute, the gay prostitute that he would the dude that he was sleeping with, came out and said that every Saturday night we meet up to have gay sex and have meth together. And he was like this um this like you know part. It's like look. Buddy, if you're if you're gay or you're like sleeping with a dude behind your wife's back and doing meth, don't be preaching about drug use and homosexuality. Like, be consistent, you piece of crap. Like, yeah, but yes, but the people up on stage leading worship, they weren't necessarily preaching to mm. people, telling them not to do things. Mm. They were helping open the. Spiritual gates mm. of heaven. Maybe I've just got still. Maybe I've still got hangups about it. Um. So yes, they would talk bad about that, and so I don't know. Drinking, drinking is an interesting one because I remember my mum when I was I was young. 
It was like it was right before my first boyfriend, so I would have been 12. <laughs> I would have been 12 and she got me to have a couple of drinks at home, supervised, um, just to see how it felt um, and to do it in a safe environment. Did your dad know this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he knew or not. I don't think he was home. <laughs> yeah, okay. so I don't remember funny. him being home. Um, oh, where was I going with that? So, like, mum mum was fine with drinking and stuff, but I've always felt a bit weird about drinking around my dad. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, even told me that I was a bad influence on one of my sisters. Because, because she was really she drunk. she got and, drunk. And you weren't But drunk. I was sober. Yeah. And I was a bad influence somehow. Yeah. Uh, from your um, from the perspective of a child or teenager in the church, do you think that there that the church fixated on a particular theme that seemed unnecessary? <laughs> well, the whole dressing not to entice men is a good one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the you um you thirteen year old girls were really making some men stumble. Yeah, <laughs> that's re- that's really all I can remember. Creepy, right? Yeah, that was like that was definitely the major major thing mm-hmm. when you were growing up in church. Yeah, um, being judged for what you wear and how you present yourself. In your opinion, uh, was there enough education and clear lines around sex, uh, sex and morality in the church? No. Okay. Interesting. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't really spoken about that much, other than to not tempt guys. That was your responsibility. Don't tempt guys, um, and that you have sex when you're married. Mm. There was no. I don't know. There's no talk really beyond beyond that that I can remember. Okay. Um, what are the core values that you would like to teach your children, if possible, list three? So you said kindness before. Kindness, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, all for honesty. Oh, I'm a third one. Oh, what? List what? Uh, three uh, core values. Oh, core values. I know. They're like I have something else in mind, but it's not a core value. What is it? It's like about money. Oh, good stewardship of finances. Like Yeah. yeah. Like that was a huge issue mm. with my family and still is. Mm. And it's really crippled things for them. Mm. Yeah. So I definitely want to educate my children in that. Yeah. So having really like a healthy, a- healthy response, a healthy, um, maybe you could say like a healthy um, relationship with materialism, like buying things, um, what's important, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. Do any religious teachings that you were brought up with shape your life today? Sorry, say it again. Do any religious teachings that you were brought up with still shape your life today that you can think of? 
Love thy neighbor. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just being aware of other other people and what they're going through. Yeah. Because again, you don't you don't know. You have you're no idea. You're a lovely person. Well, people, like I said before, people put on a front. Yeah. No, they do. Because they don't want to. They don't want to show it, and then, like, yeah. Yeah. It could um, be like the last couple of days for them. Mm. You have no idea. So unfortunately, at this moment in time, the high quality audio seemed to break. However, if you'd like to continue listening to the Q&A over phone quality audio, you can do so on my Discord. Thanks for watching, everyone, and I'll see you next time.